0: Hi, this is Marissa Cantor and you're listening to the Super Lip podcast.
1: Enjoy music. Mm.
0: feels like my Disney Channel moment. <laughs> sorry, like, I'm
2: sorry I didn't send you a wand. I
0: know. Like, oh,
2: we would only make you do it once, not to the point where you cry like killer Duff. No,
0: for sure. No. Yeah.
2: I think of that video often. Hey, everyone. The Super Lit Podcast is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to books about the LGBTQIA community. Hello, Sophie, and hello, Marissa. Hi. Hi. This week, we have a special guest. So, um, Marissa Cantor... Um, they have a book that's coming out in, I think April. Yeah. April of this year. Super exciting. Would you like to tell us a little bit about finally fits?
0: Sure. So finally fits is my, my little light pitch is like the queer fake dating novel of my own dreams. And self, all my self indulgences are like in this, in this cute little, little package. Basically, Fitz is a character, it's actually a secondary character from my second novel, As If On Cue. So you meet her there and then the end of that book, spoiler, I guess, um, ends with her finding out she gets into this fashion program in New York. So it kind of leads very naturally into finally Fitz where she follows her girlfriend to New York for a summer of her dream, so she thinks, except she is immediately dumped when she arrives, has to kind of deal with that in not the most healthy way, uh, uh, um, by fake dating her childhood um, best friend who she just runs into on the subway, just like as one does in New York, just subway meet cutes. And, yeah, they do the whole, you know, YA rom-com fake dating thing. And then, does she actually want to get back with her ex? Or does she want something with him? So, that is that is it in a nutshell.
2: With a I will of- say it- the perfect, like, YA boy name, Levi. Is it Le- <laughs> Levi? Levi. Yeah, yeah, honestly, perfect. No notes. Great name. Thank That's you. Sounding-
0: yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. I am so particular with names like I can't even start like a book doesn't exist until my characters are named it's pretty much the first thing that comes to me and it's very painstaking so I appreciate that
2: yeah of course yeah I th- I, I, I have never met anyone with with that name and every time I read in a book I'm like I just want to meet one person just <laughs> one. You don't know any name. Levi's? No. I don't even I own, own any Levi's. <laughs> I, there's no Levi's in my life whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, uh, the, I think someone in the book says like, do you understand that you're like, you're, I think it was like, you're concocting like a meat cute situation. <laughs> and Fifth, Yeah. It's like, no, I'm not doing this.
0: Yeah, no, this is actually a rom com. I think, yeah, there's a line that's like, no, but like if that was it, then it would be us at the end. Like that's yeah. not what's that's not what's happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I love yeah, I love inserting those like little meta kind of moments. <laughs> I don't even realize what's happening.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, um, so I I realized that before I read a book, I should probably look at the author info. Because usually it says, like, oh, they live here, they've studied here, things like that. I was going to ask you if you had to do, like, I guess research work to, like, make New York feel like New York. Because it didn't feel – I feel like there are times when I read a book and someone's in a city and, like, oh, this person has never been to this city before. It's very clear this subway system felt laid out in a way that I would understand, which meant that someone who had either gone to New York multiple times or lived there wrote it in a way to make it understandable.
0: Yeah, so I have I have a long history with New York. It's my it's my heart city. I put like I feel like this book is just as much a love letter to New York than mm-hmm. like a rom com. Um, I went to NYU for undergrad, and then I worked in publishing. Um I was there for I think 6 6ish years and then you know t- pandemic happened and <laughs> like a- as it did um and my husband and I are now out in LA but I had been feeling very I was drafting this book when we first moved out to LA and was feeling super homesick for New York and Also just feeling a lot of feelings about not really getting to say goodbye to the city in the way that I would have liked to in, you know, Mm. non-pandemic circumstances. Um, So, yeah, it was very much just me embedding, like, all of, like, my favorite places. Also, I was there as, like, a broke undergrad, so really kind of thinking about, like, Places that we did like dates on a budget situation oh, mm-hmm. like yes. like pier 25 mini golf i'm telling you that is the best that's <laughs> the best date in the city i think it was like six dollars for at the time i don't know what it is anymore
2: 45 but, 35 <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah just like all of the little places where like you know there are so many stories set in new york and i love them all um it gets to a point where you have your greatest hits of New York that pretty much make it into every story. So I kind of wanted to share with readers, I guess, my New York uh, through fits.
2: All of the dates that happen in the book, um, I'm like, where do I? So I'm doing this next. <laughs> every time I go to New York, I love to go to the High Line, and I. Yes. I feel like it's the one city that I'm like okay with being like a tourist in because I'm like, there's you will find something every time that's different.
0: Totally for uh, sure, yeah, yeah, Highline I- is such a special place um mm. in the book for me, um, my husband actually proposed on the Highline super oh, super oh, cheesy, but uh, yeah, we both went to NYU and um I remember just being on the Highline for the first time as like a wide eyed like eighteen year old and feeling like this is this is magic, this is yeah. like yeah, so that <laughs> was so like cute. the first date I think I wrote because I just knew that. <laughs> one had to be there.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) Sophie was just in New York for Sweeney Todd?
0: Yeah. Uh, Wait, with with Aaron and Sutton? (laughs) Mm -hmm. like. Okay. (laughs) Off topic, but...
1: Do you want to switch the podcast topic to just... I'll (laughs) scream about that for five hours.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm going to make it to New York. I'm doing an event (laughs) for Fitz during their run. And in most scenarios, like, Aaron today and Sutton are like bucket list Broadway yeah so I'm curious. I'm very curious
1: they were so good I mean okay, okay. I'm gonna be completely hundred percent honest. I bought the tickets because of Joe Locke from okay Heart fair Stopper. enough I
0: know that's like a but great,
1: then a great afterwards question. I was like, hold on Sutton Foster and Aaron <laughs> T- I was like I'm gonna lose oh. my mind it was so good. I had a great time. um Sutton Foster is literally a human Muppet. she is. Yes. Throwing herself all over the stage doing the most insane physical comedy
0: oh my gosh like
1: sit fully upside down at one point and still singing and I was like this is it this this is the moment
0: oh my gosh no that's like <laughs> the crazy. one thing that I'm like we have to do this um I've been hearing a, a lot of like oh like Aaron's not a bear like whatever whatever I don't care I, like, <laughs> I
1: don't care about the haters yeah. I like actually I did ask a friend because I was like admittedly I do not have a technical musical ear. I just enjoy musicals and it yeah. sounds are nice. Someone explained to me why people don't like him. And they're like, well, he's a tenor. I'm like, cool. He sounded really good. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, but the, but it's not meant for a tenor. So actually it's bad. And I was like, okay.
2: Actually, <laughs> it's bad. Sure. <laughs> do you want to go tell them? I was
1: getting from people they <laughs> were like, it's not a role meant for him. And I was like, he did so well, though.
0: He did Damn. so well.
1: No, I'll still the be there. haters can hate. I'll go yeah. see it again,
2: but they don't yeah. have to see it. <laughs> yeah,
0: You know what? There are some strong musical theater opinions in this book, so it does somehow <laughs> relate. We can tie I it in. I had a
2: feeling that you would like musical theater. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> I was like, it wouldn't have been in the book otherwise.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, as if on cue, the, the book before this book is a theater kid book. Um, it's like an enemies to lovers um, with oh. like a playwright and a musician who have to work together to um, make a musical at their school. So that is all, all of my theater kid feelings are embedded in that book. And then there's just a sprinkle. Um, oh in God, fits. I love that. Yeah.
2: I'm going to have to put that on my, my bookshelf that is out of frame because I'm using it to dry laundry.
1: <laughs> it's my TBR. It's on the TBR. Immediately. Yes.
2: Um <laughs> So where um is this your first time writing like a like a queer story or is the are the your other books also do they fall into the umbrella of LGBTQIA?
0: So Finally Fits is my first um queer novel. Mm-hmm. Um it's interesting I w- was thinking a lot about this and just the kind of evolution of like queer representation in my books is like very runs in parallel to like my own sort of like grappling with my, you know, sexuality Mm -hmm. and where I fit. Um, and, And it's funny too, because it's like nothing that I like consciously realized I was doing while I was writing, like in my debut novel, the main character, Hallie, her younger brother has this whole arc where he's sort of like questioning his identity Throughout, and that's sort of his little subplot that I wrote in my early twenties. And then, with As If on Q, my second book, Fitz was there as a secondary character, and you know, by and out as she is, and finally Fitz and I was having more fun with the scenes with her than <laughs> like I like I was like, what what is this saying? And then I finally felt like ready to sort of like step into that as the POV. But it was a lot. It was a lot in terms of just, like, my own sort of, I don't know, coming out journey or whatever. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I don't even know what to call it. I think i just, like... But, yeah, it's just... I, th- I think for me, too, specifically, the struggle was just, like, leading up to, you know, writing this book. Just so much of my own sort of, like, internalized biphobia bullshit of, like... Mm-hmm. I had even like writing this book, I was like, but am I queer enough to write this book? (laughs) Like there was like, I had so many like minor crises throughout the process because my husband and I, we, um, met in high school and like that, that he, he has been it for me and he is like, and then, so it's this whole sort of, for me, like, oh, but like, am I, you know, co-opting like a space I don't belong in? Am I like, yeah, just all of those internalized noise. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. The so.
1: inner <laughs> A compet is, like, really strong and powerful. Yeah.
0: yeah it Who really is. is. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's funny. I grew up in a very sort of, like, everybody. Like, my entire friend group now from high school is, like, we're all queer as, like, yeah. adults. <laughs> we're all, like, slow, yep. so yep. closeted <laughs> in high school. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> This this makes so much sense now.
1: We were all um, just like hanging out because of just the energy we, we felt. just yeah. didn't yeah. know at the time. In
0: common, but
2: like, yeah. couldn't
1: quite figure out. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought it was
2: because Sophie and I loved anime, but <laughs> we loved anime and we're we're just pretty queer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's interesting to think and how much has changed. Even like I'm like ten years out. I, of from like high school. And even just, like, how different it was, like, a decade ago being, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like, queerness and how it was in being a queer teenager versus now. I feel like it's, like, a little bit more, like, talking to my teen cousins. They're, like, yeah. It's regular. It's regular. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: like, oh, it's oh, actually straight. embarrassing to
1: be it's, straight now. Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, like, really? It wasn't this thing that, like, no one talked about and, uh, like, <laughs>
2: You're all just the kids. The kids the are doing gay. all right. Yeah, yeah. The you're all, kids are you're doing all pretty all right. queer. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: But. I went forever ago. I feel like it's been like three years at this point to talk to my high school about what it's like to be like an out adult. And I thought it was going to be like, oh my god, like, have you been? They were just like so unfazed by anything yeah. I said. I was like, oh, because you're all like, and also the GSA was like when I was in high school it was like three kids. And it was like, yeah. The one theater classroom full of students. I was like, yeah. "This is nuts to me that there are this many of you." Yeah, <laughs> because it's... this was a death wish before, which is terrible, and oh, now it's yeah. like everyone comes to the GSA. There's a weird old guy here.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, the kids are the kids are really doing all right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, what is the difference for Fitz between her, I guess, her last appearance and her current appearance? in your your world of books?
0: Yeah, so I think for me, I was really interested in exploring who Fitz is, like, in her own story. I think that I'm always drawn to, uh, just like as a reader, that best friend character that's kind Mm -hmm. of like just exists for comic relief and is like really fun and just seems to have it all together. Mm-hmm. And I just like couldn't stop thinking about fits and like she probably doesn't have it all together. So I think like it would be interesting, um, people who read fits first and then find as if on cue through her. Um, and just to see how she's perceived from other people, right? Because we are obviously our own worst critics. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. So to see this character through someone else's eyes, I think would be it'd be really interesting to kind of approach in that order. But yeah, the fits in my book, the fits that she is, is just this anxious perfectionist girly who just like needs to be nicer to herself. Essentially,
2: <laughs> I know nothing about that.
1: Oh
0: really? Yeah, no, that's not that's not. That's not, not what my weekly all. therapy sessions are about. Not, no. No. Yeah, no. It's It very much comes from a place of like, I, I relate to Fitz on a very deep level in that way. And yeah, writing this book was almost like, in a way, healing to my younger self. It was just like, I wish you were nicer to yourself. And even today, even now, like even as a full adult, like I'm still reminding myself to be nicer to myself. My therapist is reminding me to be nicer to myself. <laughs> like yeah. it's a, it's a forever process. I think
2: that meme of the guy that's looking in the mirror, like pointing at himself. Yeah. That's everyone saying you need to be nicer to yourself. Yeah. Um, and then going, no, I'm fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No matter where I'm you fine. are in your therapy journey, it's no, I'm fine.
0: No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. I am good. I'm good.
2: Sophie's favorite character. Every every episode, Sophie oh. finds a little guy of some sort, background character, yeah. side character, someone that, that they're favorite. like. But what if the book was about them? <laughs>
1: I love so I love like literally, character. literally it's the answer like, to that. Exactly. Yeah. No. That's it happens very occasionally, but I'm, I'm very like I feel like <laughs> the way my brain works is like, okay, so now I need to go back and read your other book because and then I'll really like Fitz because she'll be a side character that I can hyper fixate on because yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are always yeah. my favorites
0: <laughs> yeah and it's like she's the one too who kept popping up and like reader feedback from Azifon Q, like oh. to that like like enough like readers were kind of shouting out Fitz too that I was like okay I think there's something here because like you can't just you know I guess I can but like you need to have a story for this character. I can't just be like I love this character so much like let me like let me like invest 2 years of my life into this side character, but nah, couldn't stop thinking about her. Readers <laughs> seem to also be into her and I was like, "Okay, let's let's see, let's see where Fitz goes." I I did plant the seed at the end of as a fun cue with like the fashion sort of program woven in mm-hmm. as like a little nod to my editor like hey see this what if i what if i wrote this next yeah <laughs> and then they let me fortunately so I said,
1: go do it <laughs> yeah
0: yeah
2: i okay, um have a
1: season on a cliffhanger There's yeah we'll get right. another season <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> as a person who grew up watching project runway it's nice it's nice to especially like tim gunn being mentioned. It was just like, I felt like I was being awakened by any time it would come (laughs) up. I'm like, yes.
0: Yes. We have um,
2: a Roku TV that just has a Project Runway channel on it for free.
0: Incredible. It's my favorite.
2: And if Sophie and I can't figure, we will just put that on. Tiny House Hunters and Project Runway just on loop. The only thing I will say is that whenever an episode just kind of like ends on a cliffhanger or someone's fighting and you're like, oh, I know the next episode after this is when it comes to, to a head. Yeah. And then it just goes to a completely different season.
1: <laughs> place the episodes in random order. Yeah. yeah. It's oh. it's very,
2: yeah. It gives me whiplash every time. It's oh
1: true gosh. brain turn off reality yeah. television consumption because <laughs> oh you're day. not following the plot anywhere.
2: No. You're just looking <laughs> at things being so similar. Is there a program that's like this at FIT that I'm not aware of? Which is very, very possible because I, I went to apply to FIT to, for fashion photography. And a teacher told me you had to reapply every year. And I was like, you don't do that for college. That doesn't make sense. So I didn't. Oh. Yeah.
0: No. So I, I think they have some sort of summer program. I took a lot of creative liberties with oh, okay. the program. I did some research into like what it could look like or like other sort of like sustainable fashion intre- like interested programs at mm-hmm. other places, but, um, no, lots of creative liberties, lots of meh, like fiction being fiction for, for FIT. Yeah.
2: I, uh, I really liked the idea of it, especially for FITS being so focused on like sustainable fashion too. As a person who works in like clothing retail, it's always so interesting to see brands or like people being more focused on, the, like, cyclical part of fashion in terms of, like, how can I reuse this past, it's, like, quote-unquote, like, normal life. Yeah. Yeah. And it was nice to see, like, this is something that this young person is so um, focused on and cares about so much because we obviously need more people like that in the world.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, like, I wish that I were as talented as Fitz is with a sewing machine. My sister, there's a lot of my sister in Fitz. She's super into thrifting. So a lot of like research too was just like honestly going thrifting with my sister and like seeing what she saw in, in the clothes. Um, because I, I'm someone who can tend to get very kind of like overwhelmed and overstimulated in those in those kinds of stores where it's just like racks and racks and you really have to Mm -hmm. like have the patience to comb through it. Um, I do not, but it's really interesting to see um, the people who do and to see like the beauty that they find and the way that like a more visual sort of like fashion oriented mind works because it is important. It's, it's this, the, climate change, man. Like it's not, it's, it's not looking good out here. And it felt like something that she would just like as a character care about. And then I thought it like kind of tied in nicely with Levi and his plants and Mm -hmm. them both kind of being very like environmentally aware and caring Mm -hmm. toward it.
2: Yeah, I, I love that he's a a plant boy as he's been. T- mm-hmm. I uh, I am yeah. also uh, a plant boy as well. Oh, yeah. The first plant I got, I was thinking about this recently because during holiday I just like turned off holiday the December through January. My brain just turned off and I forgot to water a lot of my plants on time. And I was like, oh, I'm one of the people that my plants would be forcefully taken from <laughs> <laughs> because my fiddle leaf fig that I've had the longest. It's just basically a, a long arm with just like a few leaves because Aww. I fully turned off. <laughs> but yes, I, I um I really loved that he was um such a plant focused character because I relate to that, but also I feel like I haven't like seen that in a like any of the books that we've read. I don't think it's necessarily been um like a character trait, if you will. I could be wrong. I could be misremembering, but I liked that when we're introduced to him, he's like, "Hi." He's what? Was it a shrub? I forget what it was.
0: It was like a ficus. It was like a giant, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) just like on the one train. I mean, yeah, I've seen weirder things on the one train than (laughs) than that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, I I love Levi. He's like my yeah, the soft plant boy that the world needs more of. I don't know. I was just very into writing a boy who is just sensitive and like emotionally intelligent and Mm -hmm. like unapologetically. So
2: as all men should be, Yes, get softer.
0: Yes. Um, but it's funny. Like I, I'm an aspiring plant person. Like I'm, As much as I try to love my plants, they don't always love me back. So, like, I friends and family kind of troll me about how, how into how how good it like I make Levi look with plants because that just no way reflects like my (laughs) own capabilities.
2: Yeah, there's Um, a a plant that I have behind me. It's a calathea. They are very hard to take care of, which I think Levi says in the book. But I just got so frustrated with this plant that I started watering it with flat seltzer. And lo and behold, that was the thing that brought this plant back. Did it back come
0: back me. to life? I'm oh not gosh. kidding. It
2: has many leaves. I scorched it because I put it in too direct of a sunlight. And then it wasn't getting enough sunlight. And then it was in a good spot, but the leaves were just like dying off. And I was like, screw it. I'm just going to start dumping <laughs> seltzer into this. And that's what fixed it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> If you're having trouble with your plants, just, just give it bubbly. Who knew? Yeah. (laughs) Sophie, did you have anything you wanted to, to ask Marissa about? Um, no, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm good. No, I
1: really liked the part of the, I guess like with the part of the characters where Levi invites Pitts over for Shabbat and stuff. That was really interesting. I always like to see like a little hint into, uh, that kind of world I guess. Um, My dad is Jewish but we didn't really go to temple or anything and then I always got the like well you're not Jewish because it's your dad not your mom. It's my favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have a bat mitzvah or anything. Only one of my siblings had like a mitzvah but I've always had this like weird in between like kind of energy with that and I always find it like I love when I like read Books like read books with characters that are kind of like because I feel like it's a lot more common than people think as far as so I was just like kind of curious on like if you're comfortable like kind of sharing like your backstory or like why you chose to like really include that as like a core part of his character
0: yeah I think I think I I think there's a line in the book that we all I mean it's not uh an original thought by any means that like (laughs) The universal feeling of like you're either like too Jewish or not Jewish enough. And mm-hmm. I feel like all of my books have characters with, yeah, I have Jewish representation kind of sprinkled everywhere in my stories it, to different degrees because it's important for me to kind of put out that we're not a monolith and there are so many different ways to be Jewish, like religiously, culturally. I grew up in southern Massachusetts and I was like more often than not the only Jewish kid in my classes. So I had that very much like sort of like isolating. It it felt very like isolating to be Jewish growing up. Um then I went to NYU and then it was like Jewish people everywhere. <laughs> so I was like, am I even Jewish? Like what exactly <laughs> what, what is going on? So um yeah, and I think that. Yeah, just always sort of like incorporating that representation is something that is important to me, and to come at it from a place where, like, fits being like half. I don't even like saying like half Jew. I, I don't like it. Doesn't yeah, feel like the right
2: because it's not.
0: Like, but it's, it's like not also... Other
2: people don't say they're like half Catholic. They just right, say that she's
0: Jewish. Like her mom is Jewish. Um. Yeah. Jewish, just ish, Jew-ish. Yeah. yeah, just, just, yeah. just the ish. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, having like complicated feelings about it because she wasn't like raised super Jewish, and that, and like mm. growing up, Levi was sort of that Jewish space for her until he moved away. So, kind of getting to like reconnect to that piece of her through reconnecting with him felt really interesting to explore. Mm -hmm. Um, i think that was
1: like one of the well yeah i think that scene really i was like oh okay this is like it felt like very grounding and very like this is like a big kind of a nice moment i think when i was reading it anyway um but i just i like that a lot (laughs) so much i appreciate the the jewish ish -ish representation (laughs) in books
0: yeah yeah. And I think we are starting to see um more and more of that in contemporary fiction, mm-hmm. which is so nice. Like growing up, there was really like not a whole lot going on by mm-hmm. way of Jewish representation. It was like Holocaust books and It was Holocaust
1: or like Yentel and fiddler on yes. the Yes.
2: That's all we got.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and there's so much more now, and it's wonderful.
2: It was nice for uh, as a i I grew up going to Catholic school, and it was always part of like our discussions that the Jewish religion, like Judaism, was part of Catholicism. Like that, that's where it comes from, and we never discussed like anything about it. It was just oh yes, like the like this is part of this. This is where it came from, and I I was always like, well, can we learn anything about it? And yeah. it was nice as a person that doesn't know a lot about anything other than like i know that the jewish temple is different than a church um but but that's that's about it as you can tell i really uh. I clearly know nothing <laughs> um but it was nice like reading it and seeing it just be like a hey do you want to like do you want to come over for like worship and it's like a it's a it's a ref- I, what was the phrase reform yeah they were open reform. they were open to queer people being around and it was nice
0: yeah yeah i think that like The sort of like casual Jew, like casual representation, is kind of what I am going for in like multiple, Mm -hmm. like casual queer rep, casual Jewish rep. It's like they just Mm -hmm. are like other like it's not the plot, it's not the point, it just Mm -hmm. is.
1: They just just like a nice moment.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was nice to read that and to learn a little bit too, (laughs) and also like words that I've heard before, like gentle. I have no (laughs) idea. I didn't know. Th- I was about to Google it. I was about to be fits in Googling it. Um, so I'm glad that was yeah. explained to the book.
0: <laughs> yeah. The panic attack of like, I don't know what this one word means.
2: I don't belong here. <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, I, I've heard this word. I should know what it means. <laughs> Someone's name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like um, the closest representation <laughs> I have in my brain of like, Someone feeling too Jewish or like not Jewish enough is the the girls in Broad City. Oh yeah. in terms of like um
1: anytime Alana. Alana says anything to Abby, yeah and Abby's <laughs> like Alana, I'm Jewish. She's like, are you sure? Yeah, exactly that. Like
2: exactly that. Like that's what I imagine when someone like oh, least says, like, I feel like I sit in this middle place. And it's like Abby, exactly. She's, like, I yeah. am Jewish. You just yeah. won't let me. You, you won't accept that I am. Oh so good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did I see? I think I saw somewhere in your author thank you about the ripped bodice. Yes. Is that a is that a mm-hmm. bookstore? I was just curious. And I thought I would ask. Is that a bookstore or?
0: Yes. Okay. So the ripped bodice is. Um, they started out here in LA. They actually mm-hmm. now have a New York location in Brooklyn in Park oh, cool. Slope. Ooh. Incredible. we um, owned romance. Uh, bookstore, recommend, love them. I'm doing my pre-order campaign um, through them, and I'm doing some launch events through them as well. Um, great place.
2: That's great so bookseller. Cool. Yes, I'm glad I asked because Everyone I thought I was like, I feel like this is a bookstore. Um, it is.
0: Yeah, they opened up their Park Slope location just within the last year. It's like new, new, and oh wow, full of events and yeah plug for the Riva support. They're <laughs> wonderful
2: That's so cool, yeah, yeah i um, I've been trying to find more bookshops like that because we have one here called Giovanni's Room, which is like one of the old like I think it's one of the oldest like queer bookshops that exists, or at least the oldest one in Philadelphia. Um, so it's nice to hear that they're they're growing too, especially with a new location. That's so cool,
0: yeah. And then there's another um there's another queer owned bookstore that I'll plug called Underdog Books. Um that's Ooh. in Monrovia, California. And they're fairly new as well and um their mascot is a pug and he's very cute and he's often Aww. in the store.
2: And <laughs> real dog. Um,
0: real dog. Um but yeah, definitely I think it's like so hard to um be, you know, an independent bookstore and I just want to throw as much love and support to to them as I can. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: That's awesome.
1: I just going back like a little bit I did really love that Fitz's like I guess aesthetic was like upcycling and stuff cuz I think especially for like younger readers or like readers who are like going college age and specifically fashion that could be so overwhelming. To be like, well, I have to buy all of this fabric and I need all of these things. And it's like immediately deterring to be like, well, I don't, I just don't simply do not have the ability to have a full sewing like studio at the age of 18 or whatever. Um, Especially in New York. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I thought it was like really interesting to have that. And then I also really liked, I kind of really loved how much she was struggling because it was just like so realistic, especially Mm -hmm. if you are like a younger person who is like putting a lot of pressure on yourself for like something like that, where you're like, I'm going into this program that is like going to lead into like the rest of my life is like sort of how you think of it as 18. Um, And I just like, I don't know. I just, like, I kind of love to see characters, like, struggle and fail in books a little bit, especially for, like, a a younger audience, just because it feels more grounding. It feels like more of a real character, and it's also, like, kind of great to see her work through that, and no spoilers, but be, like, work through it, Um, Mm -hmm. I guess, Well, obviously you're a writer, so you have the experience with um, wonderful imposter syndrome, I would assume, or that kind of, like, thing. But I think it worked really well in the book, how you wrote
2: it.
0: Thank you. Um, Yeah, I definitely have, you know, my experience with imposter syndrome with burnout, but not wanting to, like, own the fact that it's burnout. Just being like, no, 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 it's fine. I actually, like... (laughs) I mean drafting this book was honestly like a nightmare. Like it was so it was the hardest drafting process I had been through. Um it was a book that I sold it on proposal because it was my option. So I my first two books were like a two book deal and then I could you know the option was like the first five chapters in a synopsis. And then my editor bought it, luckily, loved that. But then I was like, oh no, like I have to now like finish writing it. And mm-hmm. I I hadn't had that experience before. My first two books were full books before oh, they, wow. yeah. Um, so it was definitely a very different and daunting um, creative process for me. And I think that kind of informed a lot of like Fitz's very like burnouty like like feelings in the book because, yeah. And it was also just like the first book I was writing where I had, you know, reader feedback in my head from the first two books and hmm. just like a lot of different like voices and just like dealing with my own mental health stuff. And I was just like, not, not like it was, I, it's, it's so funny, like being on the other side of it now and like loving this book so deeply, being so deeply proud of it. And like, like at one point I like didn't know if it was going to be a book, like I didn't know if it, I didn't know if I had it in me to finish. So yeah, again, like there is a lot of, there is a lot of me in fits in that way. So I'm happy that that resonated and that, Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, I think the realization too that you come to when you go through something like that, that like the tough moments are always just a moment and there is, mm. you know, the other side, like you will get through it. It's it's not going to last forever, which is really hard to feel when you're in it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heart block, especially when you're like you're a young person, it's like maybe the first time you're experiencing it is like the end of the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it's you just, you can't identify it until you're in it. And it's like, I just realized that, like, I'm looking at this thing that brings me joy and it I it's making me hate it. Yeah. And if you've never experienced that before, like, that's something. So to, especially it always acts up when it, something is due. <laughs> so, like, being, in, like, in art school, like, I went for photography. There were so many times that I was like, well, I'm in school. I have to finish this. I have to do it. It, and sometimes, like, when you don't have the luxury of, like, this is something like if you have like a time, like a, a deadline, you kind of have to fail in between mm-hmm. the time that it before it's due, or even when it's due to be like, okay, like, is this something that I want to continue? Or is this something that, like, I, I've learned from not mistakes, but like, I've learned from the burnout that I had, like, how I can better behave next time. It's nice reading books about like young artists like experiencing things like that because I didn't I didn't really like look to read things like that when I was that age. And whenever I was like frustrated with like artwork, it was like, oh, I just have to keep doing this. It's like, no, you can take a break for a minute.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's like I, I wanted to like put that out there because it is like a super isolating experience. Um, especially like you said, when it's like the first time and you're having all these feelings and you don't know. Where they're coming from, or what to do with them. So, yeah, just to be like, it's okay. Like, it's happening. <laughs> you're you're probably being too hard on yourself. And yeah, just this idea that I think her her is like it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to exist. Um, and yeah. I'm mm-hmm. still telling myself that like once like oh who am I kidding like daily like when I like every time I sit yeah. down to write. Doesn't have to be perfect, just has to exist.
2: That's, like, a wild bit of advice. Like, gobsmacked by it. <laughs> because, like, half the time, like, if you sit there and you keep reworking something, you're going to – nothing's going to exist because you won't let it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, even just, like, putting it out and just being like, okay, I'm going to take a step back from that. Like, you, you, did a, you did a work, if you will. And it's – that's just, like, such great advice Again, I wish I had that when I was seventeen. <laughs> and that's kind of I love reading YA books for things like this because especially, I'm like, oh, I wish I had that twenty years ago. Yeah, because it's just it's it's really nice advice to have at any age, and especially seeing um like the side character that turns into the main character that like seems so put together and then like not an inconvenience, but like something horrible happens like you break up with like your first girlfriend. And it's just like I can't live. Yeah, <laughs> how do I go on?
0: Yeah, it's 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 over. Especially no, when you're roommates. It, oh yeah, yeah. I know. I did. I did not make it easy for for her to, to to get that space. But yeah, no. That's what I love about YA, and what I love about like contemporary YA. It's like I. I used to have so much trouble with like, or just thinking through like stakes in contemporary because Mm -hmm. it's not a fantasy. It's not, the world is not at stake, but like it is the end of the world to this one person that Mm -hmm. her person dumped her. Yeah. The one that gets, yeah, just like personal stakes like that and making characters that you care enough about to follow them on their messy
2: (laughs) journeys, like figuring it out. Messy and chaotic. Yeah, <laughs> very chaotic. <Complimentary>. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very complimentary. I liked um the the sisters also in this too. I like that like part of Fitz's story is like to to remain close, if not mentally, because she's not physically close to her sisters because of the distance between them. Like going through their closets and like reworking their clothes to like make something that like fits the two people. So like it like it came from Clara's closet and it but it like it's something that works for me. Like we have different like aesthetics and tastes, which is really I I wish my brain worked that way. (laughs) Me too. Yeah the way that people can like look at something and they're like, I've made this blanket into a jacket. I'm like, how did you do that?
0: Yeah. Beats me. (laughs)
2: Yeah, no. But no it it it's uh it's interesting that like that that's how she kind of chose to remain close to them, especially because she's the youngest. And her, you know, what was the the age difference between the oldest sister and her? Was that mentioned?
0: Between the oldest, it's 12. It's like Maya's 12, Clara's 10, and Tess is 8. So it's it's big. It's a gap. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. I wanted to write about... Like an age gap in siblings because my parents are both like opposite ends of that in their own family. Like my mom is the oldest and her youngest sister is 11 years younger. Mm -hmm. And my dad is the youngest and his oldest sibling is 17 years older. So it's just like such a mess. It's like almost like a generational difference. And I always thought that that was so interesting. And I would always ask him all these questions about like, Well, like, what did it, it felt like having two moms, Marissa, like, it's like, it's just like the older sister, (laughs) like, or just like feeling like an only child almost, um, and how to sort of like, yeah, cultivate that closeness that you want. And you don't want to be seen as, you know, the baby, the, Mm -hmm. the, the kid, so that was, really, that was really fun to explore. And it was interesting too for me personally to write from the perspective of the youngest because I'm the oldest of just two. There's just two of us. But mm-hmm. yeah, I have very much like older sister like brain too. Like all the older sister memes apply to me to a T. <laughs> so it was kind of fun to like put myself in, yeah, the sort of more carefree, like gets away with everything in my opinion.
2: That's me. I'm the youngest of five. <laughs> yeah. And my okay. older hey, brother, yeah. I think, is 12 years older than me. Um, okay. So, like, it, it, I I can kind of see, like, how uh, fit she, like, re, especially, like, with the, is Tess old, how much older than, you said, eight years?
0: Tess is eight, yeah. And she's the one who's, like, primarily, like, on the page mm-hmm. in the book yeah. with her. Yeah, the
2: yeah, my, closest. I'm, I'm, closest to my brother Frankie who's just four years older than me and then everyone else is kind of like two years apart from each other yeah but I I know from like my end when I see my oldest brother it's like hello how are you yeah (laughs) (laughs) which I I adore him but it's just we're we're in very different generations um he's he's not like an artist so like sometimes we don't get like we don't like always know what to talk about yeah but um he really does love nintendo things so there's always like one little thing that like someone can talk about but like a lot of like my experience as the youngest and also just like the the distance in terms of age and like actual distance between like my siblings and i um like reading this i'm like yeah this is this is right stamped by youngest child
0: (laughs) (laughs) youngest child (laughs) approval
2: (laughs) Yeah, and we do get okay. away with a lot. I'm the only one in my family that has yeah. tattoos. And I think I'm the only one that, quote, unquote, is allowed. Oh. <laughs> We're all in our 30s and up. What so is it's just, mean? like, very funny. So
0: funny. I think no, my, they're just
2: like, yeah, you went to art school. Come on. This is the worst you've done? Go for it. Sure.
0: My sister, when she got her first tattoo, she was visiting me in New York. And then my mom was mad at me. Not her. At me for letting her get it while she was visiting me. <laughs>
2: That's not yeah, true. that is not oh the most God. like <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Child, it's their fault. <laughs> That's That's my the place,
1: yeah. Child taking the bullet.
2: Yeah. 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 How old was she when she got her first tattoo?
0: 18.
2: I was 21. Like, it's yeah. just like, well, I'm 18. I'm legally allowed to do this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, if anything, you should be happy that I made sure, like I did the research to make sure she was going somewhere.
2: Yeah. Like right.
0: safe, like I was doing. Yeah. Like she was going to do it either way, right? Like-
2: it's not like I walked her <laughs> to some alleyway and said, you're getting tattooed back here. <laughs>
1: my yes. friend's got a tattoo going from Amazon. You want to check it out? Yeah. Like- and you know
2: how many times I avoided that? I was offered <laughs> that so many times. Everyone Well, <laughs> in art school. If- yeah. Anyone goes to a tattoo parlor.
0: Yeah. Everyone yeah. gets a yeah.
1: stick and poke in art school.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then I got my tattoos and they were like, the first time it was like, you did?
2: Yeah. And
1: then
0: now they're just like,
2: Neh yeah uh, we're adults i mean, guess like, oh that's nice
1: uh, i've had yeah. so many times where my dad who listens to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> has been like and I, he was there when this happened but he'll just be like i just don't really like tattoos and then like look at me and be like but yours are nice i yep. like yours yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like okay yeah that's i guess
0: so true funny dad the, moment it's so funny the things that parents care about <laughs> Like, bodily autonomy? Like, what? <laughs> like,
1: yeah. I'll just wear long sleeves when I hang out. Yeah, up. it's bad.
2: I, I feel like your dad just forgets that you have them.
1: Yeah, I think he just truly forgets, actually. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sophie and I have known each other since we were, like, 13, so it's... Oh,
0: my goodness.
2: Her dad is my other dad. <laughs> is there anything, like, from the book that we missed that you would like to talk about? I always, I never want to, like go over and maybe spoil something, especially.
0: Yeah. I think like one thing that I wanted to sort of call out, mention um, very Mm -hmm. intentional in this um, book was when I was writing it, Fitz is very intentional about not like pronounning people, like Mm -hmm. assuming people's Mm -hmm. gender identities until they confirm that themselves. And it was very much, at first, it was, like, a bit of an exercise for me just because I realized that, like, I had never really written that way before. And like, why not? And it was a lot of, like, challenging my own sort of process. Mm-hmm. It's like, but it's something that is, like, very much a part of, like, me, Marissa, that I felt, like, needed to be a part of FITS too and just needed to be sort of, like, I wish that that could, like, start to become the the norm like just seeing someone on the subway and describing them as a person before assigning a pronoun to them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so i f- i just felt like very much especially in this you know in this political environment that gets very angry about pronouns yeah <laughs> that act like they don't know what pronouns are or that mm-hmm. they use pronouns themselves.
2: Yeah.
0: It um, just <laughs> I, yeah.
2: There is a a TikTok sound of a of a I um he he says he's a man of him screaming I'm a man I'm a dude like and it's obviously used in a way that's like making fun of it but the sound of this man screaming I'm a man and then like an explosion sound I'm oh a he my gosh it's just it it's like yeah that I mean yeah that's right for you thank you thank you for for. Feeding into this, but it's, I was actually, I had therapy today and I actually, he asked me something that I liked about the book and I brought that up. I was like, I think especially for like the youths, if you will, it's more, um, not normalized, but it's something that reflexively comes easier to them. And it's something that I admire about younger people is that, and like, even with Sophie too, there are people around me that are reflexively good at it. And it's something that's helping me learn to be better myself about it. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, I thought that was a thing that I really liked in the book is that it like people either like giving them like forthright saying like, these are my pronouns or characters introducing themselves like that. It was nice to see, and it was like normal for these kids to be talking to each other like that, which is just how it should be.
0: Well, that's the thing too, is that like yeah. once i once I got into Fitz's voice, it like didn't feel like it came so naturally because mm-hmm. that's just how yeah, that's just how people talk to each other, especially kids right now, so yeah, more of that, yes, <laughs> just as humans, yeah, <laughs> We're, like, we are all just more people, please. yes. <laughs>
2: more i'm begging yeah no truly i am it was just it was very nice to see um especially like for fits who like has what they say like they have the filter on it was like a thing that they didn't seem to ever have difficulty with yeah and if you just look at it it's like i'm just talking to a person and they say like oh my my name is it like my pronouns are that it's it shouldn't be difficult
0: no, it shouldn't. And
2: No. Making making that's, that's an, an outfit from another outfit, that seems difficult. Asking yes. someone, like, how should I refer to you should not be hard.
0: And just, like, respecting the answer. Yeah. Like, period. Yeah,
2: like, yeah that's yeah. it.
0: Just respecting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, especially, like, a lot of my books, first and foremost, are for teen readers, but... YA isn't just read by teens. So I'm hoping Mm -hmm. too, that that will, I'm hoping that the non-teen readers of, of Finally Fits will kind of pick up on that and maybe, I don't know, think about that. I'm not referring to my parents. I'm not. (laughs) No, no, my parents are pretty good. They just like, it's, it's the whole like, they plural. I'm like, no, oh, oh, yeah. was it wasn't. Let's just yeah. set that, that, you know. You know stop grammatically you know, correct. Yeah, you know, you sure. parents, they're doing their no. best.
2: This isn't a pun and square. Like, we don't need to dissect <laughs> it. Just accept the answer. Accept yeah. 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 Yeah, I um, thank you for bringing it up. I knew there was something that, like, I, that was in there that I was like, I'm going to remember this as soon as I stop talking. Uh, so thank you for bringing it up. It was yeah. uh, really nice to have that in the book, especially... Because, like you said, there could be adult readers, there could be young readers. Anyone can anyone can learn from that experience. Yeah. Yeah, Sophie, is there anything that you wanted to end with before I relinquish Marissa?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I think I think this is a fun question. I don't know because you mentioned that you went through like a lot of drafts of this book. Mm-hmm. So, is there like something like a scene or maybe even like a whole plot point that you just like scrapped or you kind of just like. Something that you maybe, or mm, I'm trying to. I I like. I feel like I want to ask you if there's something that you had to get rid of just because, and you're like, ah, that's fine. And then maybe something you're like, oh that would have been cool to put that in, or maybe that goes into another book. That was a very convoluted question. (laughs) I can word that better for you if you want.
0: No, I'm picking up what what you're putting down. I'm. I'm trying to think because I feel like my revision process is often like more, not less. It's like always like adding <laughs> oh, that's added. Good. oh yeah. okay. Like I feel like my editor was like, you need more more of the like fake dates. Like mm-hmm. the Highline one was always there, but then there were other ones that came later. Um I think the 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 paint night one what came later. And I ended up really having fun with that Um, in terms of something that got taken out though. I think um, her, her mom was much more present in earlier Mm -hmm. drafts in a very like, not, you know, healthy, like great way for her. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's something that like, I kind of thought removing it at first um, because it, it just it felt important enough to include, but then I realized that like it was distracting from the story- like it wasn't adding it was distracting, mm-hmm. and I kind of um it gave the sisters more room to to be so yeah, I guess that those are the things too that I added was like more like um Clara and Maya just being on the page a little bit more than they were in earlier drafts um. Mm-hmm kind of toning down the mother angst allowed allowed for that. Um, yeah. That's what
1: but I would say. I think say. that worked. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, I feel like, instinctually to be like, okay, queer teen, let's give them a horrible parent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of to simple to blanket statement. Simplify what you just said, um, but I do really like how the sister relationship shined in the book. So I think it, mm-hmm. it turned out really nicely. So I'm glad that they got more more room in the in the book itself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You. Yeah. And like her mom wasn't like bad because like it had nothing to do with her queerness in this particular case. She was just mm. kind of like you know. Distracted by her own, just kind of, yeah, kind of absence. Um, a parent. Just a parent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. And then I guess also, I think with the bi representation, uh, kind of like toting the line between, um, definitely not, this isn't like a trauma queer, but like, this is like a fun queer book, but also mm-hmm. kind of addressing like, like, Levi and his dad, like the biphobia um, Mm -hmm. there was like something that still felt important to include because like it just that that is part of (laughs) that is the part of the bi experience. Mm -hmm. Oh, like would somebody of the opposite gender uh, or of a different gender really want to be with you if you are by, bi- like, what if, like, like I've mm-hmm. had like very like eight people in my life, like, you're yeah. like, huh, like, mm-hmm. and, um, so I wanted to like, kind of, yeah, put that on the page and also be like, and it's okay to like, not like have a, like have a relationship with people in your life who feel that way about you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you don't have to like, yeah make it work
2: no Mm -hmm. yeah and not everyone deserves a redemption arc
0: yeah some people just suck like in that (laughs) that is that Mm -hmm. Um, which feels like a bummer note to end on so um (laughs) let's think of something fun.
2: (laughs) I will say the bi-representation in the book is really nice. It was refreshing that it wasn't, like, none of the, the, the the like, the main characters of the book were like, oh, you're seeing a guy now? It's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Is, it, <laughs> yes is there an issue? Is yeah. it because I'm seeing someone or it's because it's a guy? And it was because I'm seeing someone, which was nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, like, I there's a moment, too, that I remember writing early on that I think is still in the book where she's like, huh, like, this is the first time like her like internally reckoning with that. And like mm-hmm. the sort of like, like why that feels like, what am I feeling about that? Or why does this feel different? And sort of like the privilege of that too, of just like being in a more like passing quote unquote relationship um, mm-hmm. publicly. Like she's like, Oh, I didn't like like things that she would like think about more with Danny. She didn't have to, quite as much think about, and, like, the injustice of that
2: is, like, a whole
0: other, it's a whole other book. Yeah. But, yeah. Thank you, though, for (laughs) saying that. I appreciate it.
2: (laughs) I'm a very big YA reader, and I know that Sophie is always trying to make me read a a variety of books that aren't just about (laughs) (laughs) two gay boys in high school falling (laughs) in love. Um, But it was was nice (laughs) that this kind of felt like new adulty but like still YA at the same time because it's I'm imagining because it's like these kids are more like left to their own devices they're in like a college setting even if it's just yeah. over the summer um it's kind of like somewhere in between the two and it was just a fun time reading it i'm really excited we got to read it especially before it came out that was so cool
0: yeah thank you so much i was so excited um to be here to just chat with y'all about this Mm. The silly book that is this chaotic by girl who I love so much who needs to be nicer to herself.
2: Yeah, I think that's the one <laughs> lesson we can pull from this. Is it's, it's, it's Especially for me as a person that that is every week my therapist is like, do you think? And I'm like, all right, I get it. I know what you're going to say already. I don't want to hear it.
0: No, I know. And it's <laughs> know like. know the answer. Yes. And it's funny, too. It's like you can say it over and over and over to yourself and Mm -hmm. you still need to hear it and you still need to be validated. And I think I tried to, with Fitz, to surround her with people who really sort of gently pushed back and be like, no, like, it's okay. (laughs) You are okay as you are. Um, And, yeah, I think I wish that I had I wish I had, a like, someone who said that as directly to me as, like, Levi did to her, um, said to her when I was a teenager. Um, yeah.
2: We need the wise bisexuals in our corners.
0: Truly. The plant boys. The plant <laughs> boys will save us. They, it's the plant.
2: They're talking to them. They're bestowing yeah. knowledge.
0: Yeah. You know what?
2: Your friend should really be nicer to herself. Tell her that.
1: <laughs> yeah. The happening too, but it's just yeah. plants spreading positivity.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like um. Really? Which plant is the first plant that he names? I'm forgetting the name. I I ha- I don't name my plants, but I love the when like people succulent. Do. Yeah, what is the the was it Rex?
0: Oh my god, there were so many plant names. There was the like
2: succulent tattoo name.
0: Oh, Great <laughs>
2: short circuiting. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs>
0: I so think that's, that's the right.
2: That context doesn't sound like anything. Yes. No. It doesn't. Like just mean, had a stroke.
0: <laughs> well, that's, yeah. The his first plant murder. Yes. <laughs> the cat that his mom then tattooed on her arm.
2: We've all been there. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like that plant would be the one to say it. Yeah. The, the plant from Beyond the Grave. Yes. <laughs> if you don't mind reminding us, and also the people listening, um, what o- what are the names of the other books that you've written, so we can all look yeah. you up? Yes.
0: Yeah, so. Um, my other YA rom coms are uh, called "What I Like About You" and mm-hmm. "As If on Cue."
2: Those rhyme. Mm-hmm. I'm just realizing I, <laughs> back to
0: back to- <laughs> they do rhyme back to back. I have um, fun fact: um, have yet to um, successfully title my own books. So those are not; those oh. are both not the original titles. Oh, that's funny. And oh. this wasn't the original title for Fitz either. Um, titles are. So hard.
2: Yeah. I feel like that's something you can absolutely sit and overthink the entire time that you're trying to yeah, write the book. Yeah.
0: Totally. But yeah, um, what I like about you is um sort of a hidden, mistaken identity, um internet friends who she moves to a new town and she knows it's she meets her best friend in person, knows it's him, he doesn't know it's her social anxiety. She doesn't tell him who she is and then proceeds to navigate these like two relationships throughout like the online friendship and the in-person one. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. And then as a fun cue, as I mentioned earlier is just enemies to lovers, theater kid nonsense. Yeah. Obsessed.
2: I love it. I'm obsessed. Obsessed. (laughs) Some good food. Yes. Finally. <laughs> yes. Finally, some good food. My book just says that it, it's April 2024. Is there a, a release date for this guy? For Miss yes. Ma'am, Miss Finally Fits?
0: Yes, April 23rd.
2: That, that is be, a good day.
0: Be on shelves, in stores.
2: Obsessed.
0: Online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you, you could,
2: allowed to tell us any of your like tour dates? Like what are they already decided or
0: I, yeah, I I think so. I haven't like announced, but they're official. So sure. Um <laughs> sure. just
2: in case. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. No. Um, so I will be um I, April 23rd, I will be at the Rip Bodice in LA mm-hmm. for launch day. Ooh. Um then Friday, April 26th, I will be in New York at the Rip Bodice Brooklyn location <laughs> because I just I just love the Rip Bodice and wanna just doubly support. Yes. And then I will be going back to my, you know, home state and doing an event on Monday, April 29th at Porter Square Books in Cambridge. Awesome. Massachusetts. Woo woo. Um, yeah, I was
2: wondering, I was like, is that New York? Is that LA home state?
0: Yeah. Massachusetts.
2: Woo. Um,
0: Massachusetts, New York, LA. All the places that have been in our home which Mm -hmm. these are my first like in-person real events because i've just had pandemic releases so that feels like a good way to like kick it off and get into you know being perceived in person
2: this is a good one to be perceived for Fitz deserves
0: Yeah. yeah yeah um
2: i will say the last thing i will ask you do you have a favorite taylor swift song (laughs) <laughs> for Fitz <No. laughs> What well, is Fitz, Fitz If you can't say which one yours is Do you know what Fitz's would be
0: I will say that So I have like very um, I listen to music while I write And I have very like um, curated playlists For every book that I write And that I would sucks. say Single song is hard to narrow it down But Fitz is definitely Lover Like lover era Yeah um, yeah, I have like the um Live from Paris, um, Cornelia Street and Daylight on that album because they're just like Ugh. are on that playlist mm-hmm. rather. But yeah, I feel like Lover is just like pastel and New York and mm-hmm. yeah, that is the album that I or era that I would associate yeah. with
2: with that Vince. one I think speaks to me as well, Sophie. <laughs> um <laughs> So, what is your... I, I I live with you. I should know the answer to this. What is your favorite Taylor Swift era slash CD or song? I mean, it fluctuates, but... Yeah, I, that's the thing.
1: You can't, like, It's yeah, there it's is hard. no one yeah. answer. Uh, the problem is, it's, like, all of my... I feel like... Well, yeah, Evermore and folklore
0: are, like, bangers your all day. Yeah, yeah, those are your They love to be sad.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, those are my, like, top, like duo as well i would mm-hmm. say i love the mm-hmm. singer songwriter sadness yeah. yeah
1: i like some of the nights but like all of my favorite tracks are the ones that were like secret hidden ones that were like yeah. only released yeah. in <laughs> target or they're like the exclusive 3 a.m edition i'm like put these on the full album these are the good ones yeah absolutely there. um yeah, but I think the ones I go back to the most probably Folklore Evermore, and they're the yeah. in my brain they're one album. I don't they are. Like oh
2: definitely it, like, every time I'm like is it which one is this on?
0: I always get them. They're just yeah, they're combined in my head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Evermore is also like definitively a Christmas album for me. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, it has that energy. It has yeah. that like wintry vibe for sure. Yeah, yeah just yeah, just that like going right. home for the holidays.
2: I don't think I put my finger on that before. Now it it feels like it makes you feel better it? Yeah. sense. Yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm yeah. feeling it now, Mr. Krabs.
0: Again, second opportunity to have my Disney Channel moment. I'm Marissa Cantor, and you've been listening to the Super Lit Podcast. Outro music. <laughs>